and welcome to Ignite Your Purpose. I am your host, Karen Zafra-Vera. Join me here every week for your weekly inspiration and guidance call. We're going to empower you, create enthusiasm, plant a seed, to recognize and peel off the layers to see your true, beautiful I am. Our guests will definitely motivate you to take action today, to create a new belief, and ignite your soul for more of this gift of life. So join us today, here. Tune in now. Welcome back to Ignite Your Purpose. I'm your host, Karam, and I am here with a very adventurous and what I consider to be a very brave woman, Angela Tompkins. How are you, baby? I'm good. Thank you, Karam. How are you? It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's good to have you here. It is my pleasure to have you here. So let me introduce you a little bit. Angela is a corporate wellness agent. I love the way you say agent. Um, I consider her a coach, but she <laughs> says agent. She's the founder and CEO of Innovative Health Designs, a company designed to ignite corporate culture located here in South Florida. Her passion is to help teams and individuals to get to that next level, to be in their full potential, not only in their personal, but in their professional life. And I've had the privilege to chat, have many conversations with Angela, and I love her her soul. I love her um, enthusiastic and her bravery. And I hope that today for our fellow listeners that her story today will empower you um, to not only um, take a risk in life, because that's what life is, is that's how you grow and evolve, but um, don't doubt yourself so much. So with that, it's so good to have you here, Angela. What are we talking about today? Thank you. It's so great to be with you here and such an honor. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, um... <laughs> so I'll, I'll start off with the question that I usually ask my guests mm-hmm. is we've had many, you know, we all go through many experiences in our lives, but what has been the most impactful experience for you that has shifted you or put you in a, in a path in life that you now are so appreciative and grateful and you've seen the growth that comes from it. Well, I know you like this story, so I'm going to share it. <laughs> I love this story. Um, when I was 22 years old, I took off to South America by myself for half a year um, with not really much of a plan or no plan, um, <laughs> except for just to go. And um, what, what made you all of a sudden just go like, what were you finishing up in your life and maybe starting in your life? I mean, I definitely planned for it. Um, you know, I was putting myself through college at the time I was, you know, living on my own. I was, um, you know, working full time. So I, I had, um, I had been dreaming of traveling since I was a a kid and, um, I was inspired by an ex-boyfriend of mine that I met when he had just came back from a trip and, uh, and we were going to travel together. And then something, something pretty tragic happened to him. And then, so, um, you know, I was on my own, which was a blessing, um, the being on my own part. Um, and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go anyway. Like my heart, like I just knew so deeply in my soul that it was what I was Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And, um, you know, I'd taken off on a trip 
I was like, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. I don't care. I'm going by myself. I was 21 years old. And my best friend was living with me. She was like, well, I'm coming. <laughs> and then like a week before we left, another one of our really good friends was like, what? I'm coming too. So it ended up being like the three of us girls and we had a blast and extended so our trip. Fun. And when it was time to come home, there was something inside of me that was like, no, like you've just only begun. Like you can't come home now. And so I was on the phone with my mom. She was going into work trying to cover my shifts for me. She's always the best support. Um, and then I had to come home, you know, and I finished out school. I saved up money. I worked hard. I played hard. And um, when I was done, I, I moved out of the house I was I was renting and my uh, best friends took care of my dog, who was my soulmate. So that was a really big deal. And yeah. um, and I left. And you decided to leave and you ended up going to. So I started in Costa Rica because I was comfortable there. Mm. And I'm comfortable there because I had already been there. I'd been there the year prior. And so okay. a little bit right. more open to Americans. I mean, this is in 2005, you know, okay. so they were, they were a little bit more open Americans. They were a little more patient with English speaking because I was learning Spanish as I went and I just felt more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I started in Costa Rica and then I went down mm -hmm. into Panama um, and that's when I realized that I couldn't go by land from Panama to Colombia or to South America because the Darien Gap, like this big jungle that's like half of Panama and the whole corner of, of Colombia in that area. Um, and so I ended up on a sailboat. This How cool. It, it was a 50 foot sailboat for a week through the corner of the Caribbean. And um, we hit some pretty crazy storms. Um, I didn't really know anyone on the boat. I mean, I knew them at the time, but like I didn't. Yeah. Know them. And um, so was it just, I mean, for you to end up on a boat, was it just something in the, in the, like you decided to go and you looked for a place and you basically just found a place and you were like, okay, this kind of feels right. And let me just jump on this and, and go your way. I was in a little surf town in Panama and I was trying to figure out how to get to, how to get to South America. And I never thought I was going to go to Columbia because you know, that was like dangerous, right? So, <laughs> the myth, right? <laughs> I mean, it was one of my most, the most special places I've ever been to. Um, it's so but, you know, this was, I was 22 years old. You only know what you hear. And so um, I was in a surf town and I was trying to figure out, so I was talking to people and trying to figure out how I was going to get to South America. And um, I met these two surfer guys and they're like, well, we're going and we're going to take this sailboat. You know, they bring people. It's, it was just a couple that owned it that when they needed extra cash, they would bring people back and forth and we'd go through the Sandblast Islands. It was a beautiful trip. And so I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that too. So I met them in some city and like hopped on this boat that I <laughs> never met the people before. And I mean, we hit a category one hurricane in the middle of the night after we hadn't seen land. Oh for my God. I mean, it was like, it was wild. It was one of those one of those times where you wake up in the morning and um you're being grateful <laughs> yeah to say the least yeah least. um so, so I, oh my gosh so you you hit I can only imagine the fear yeah. that comes across in the middle of and and you start to question all the decisions you did towards getting on that boat interesting enough I was um yeah, for sure. But at the time you're only thinking of really like survival. And there was a, an Australian girl that was in the boat with me. We weren't allowed up because I mean, we would have died, you know, we we're passengers. Yeah. We weren't you right. know, expert sailors. And um, so we were in the, we were in the front of the boat and I had, I was on one bunk and I had a foot on the ceiling and a foot on the lower bunk because otherwise I would have flew right out. Like I wouldn't have been, we you know we were rocking so hard. I wouldn't have been able to stay put. Oh and there was an Australian girl that was there who was scared and really had to go to the bathroom, but there was, there was no way to go to the bath. Like you, there, you couldn't even, there's nothing yeah. you could do. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this lasted for hours. I mean, we're in a we're in a category one hurricane. But because she was scared, I got to be the brave one and keep us both calm. So I was telling her stories. I was telling her how sailboats work. I was just making stuff up to like keep her calm. And then the next morning, like I was like, oh. Okay. Cause I told her, you know, we're a sealed boat. Like if we flip, we're going to flip back. It's going to be okay. No matter what. And I knew in my head that it actually wasn't sealed. I knew mm-hmm. in my head that they didn't have the proper doors to like latch it down. There was just kind of like a leather flap. So, you know, the yeah. next morning I just kind of stared at it because I knew the truth, but I was telling us both stories to make us feel better. And um, yeah, it was definitely, you one know, of those calm that after is storm. so powerful. That is so powerful because that's like, the fact that, you, so you know the truth, but you were telling your conscious, your subconscious. And her. <laughs> and her, right? Something different in order for you to survive. And I, there's just so many, there's so many things that's happened with that particular statement, right? Because what we see is so limited to what we can experience. And it just brings to the, to the awareness that we can experience anything as long as we are visualizing it, as long as we are speaking it, as long as we have a certain belief in the process. Yeah. Because what our eyes can see is only limited to what our imagination can allow us to experience. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful. Like that is so insanely powerful. And I don't know if our listeners can understand that, but if you take that and you apply it into any other area of your life, the actual process of that, you, this is how people create the life that they want, right? Not through what we see, but through what we desire and what we want to experience. And that's so cool. Honestly, if she wasn't there for me to be the brave one for her, I would have been so scared. Like I, if yeah. I was there by myself, I'm not sure. Like it's, it's way easier to be the brave person for someone else than to be alone. It always seems easier to be that person that you want to be for yourself for others, which is, I think the, one of the main reasons why people, you know, that we talk about that whole self-love care type of situation, we don't do to ourselves or for ourselves, what we would do, you know, for a friend or someone else that needs our help. You know, even our internal conversations, however, we speak to ourselves, we, we would never speak like that to somebody else. And I'm sure if I was by myself, the stories I would have been telling myself <laughs> may have been the opposite of like what Absolutely. I was telling her. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So insane. That is just, and then what happened? Um, I remember the next morning and just like waking up and it was like super still. And um, I mean, eventually we were able to get out of the storm enough to sleep and I remember just sitting in the boat and staring at the door like the reality of like and and I'm not sure what would have happened like I don't know sailboats enough we made a still flip back over but water would have poured in and who knows what would happen at that point you know and I knew that so I was just staring at it and just like oh my gosh so so then we got to Columbia um and it was so I thought like oh my gosh this place is dangerous I'm gonna get there and go straight you know whatever I got there I was there for two months I was like okay I have to leave because if I don't I'm not gonna see any other country so I like (laughs) and when I finally left Colombia I flew to Peru and I was um because I was like in the Caribbean of Colombia for a while and like trying to settle down and taking Spanish classes I certified for diving I was making friends like I was just trying to like create I was craving a routine when I was traveling I was gone for so long that every now and then I would crave a routine so I would like kind of ground down into a town and 
get into get into something that required me to be somewhere at a certain time, you know, and make mm-hmm. friends and like, yeah. um, and then, and then it'd be off to the next, but, um, oh yeah, when I finally did leave Columbia, I was, I like slept for like four days straight in some hostel. I just was so sad that I left. Really? <laughs> yeah. What did you love about it the most? Like, what did you feel um, that you gained the most out, out of there? The people were so genuine. It was a beautiful country. There was, um, there was a lot of dangerous things, but there was a lot of dangerous things in all of the countries. Yeah. But I mean, there was just a lot of energy. Like there was, there was danger and fear, but the, but the, but the people and the culture and the beauty, everything was so strong. It like created like, like a, a really strong frequency. I mean, it was absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. I have friends that I made there and traveled with there who actually, ironically, you know, how long has it been? Like 17 years later, I just heard from like last week. So, really? That's so cool. um, you know, it, I made friends everywhere I went there. Um, mm. It was, it was really, really special. Yeah. I've always said that um, my, you know, not to change or go step away, but every time I, I traveled to Colombia, I would come back and I would be so sad. It was the difference was so incredible. And I always say the love and the energy yeah. that Colombian people, when you come into Colombia, that I surrounded myself, that I felt all throughout was just so, impo- was so impacting, so influential that when I would come back home, I always went through a phase of sadness because yeah. it was just so different. The contrast was just so different. It and my really- husband never really understood that until he went. And now he's like, oh, yes. You're you know. from there, right? Your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's such a it's, it's such a special place, you know. Um, yeah. And I mean, people would. I met friends because I was struggling on a payphone, trying to do something with an airline or something like that. And this couple just stopped and was like, "Oh my gosh, can we help you?" And we're like helping because their Spanish was obviously better than mine. Yeah. And, I mean, just and they became friends. They took. I was traveling with this Israeli girl at the time, and they like took us in as like family I mean it just it was yeah. it's amazing it's yeah so, so yeah I flew to Peru and slept for four days straight and because I flew there it wasn't like I could just turn around and go back you know I mean that was that was yeah. on to the part of the trip so what and was the- one of the the biggest in in your trip once you got to Peru like mm-hmm. what what was the what were you looking for and and I think that's a question that probably I should have asked at the beginning is was there something that you were searching within yourself by traveling? Of course. I was just, I mean, I was 22 years old and I was committed to like stretching my boundaries and pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I just went on a sailboat through a hurricane category one. I yeah. mean, I obviously didn't know I was going to get a hurricane. <laughs> I would have never done that. But, um, but the whole trip in general, just like being by myself, like there was no question about bringing somebody on my trip with me. Like that was a solo journey. And there was, there was things, I mean, one, I had such a thirst for adventure. I just wanted to explore every corner of the world. I just wanted to look at it and, and smell it and feel it. I wanted to see the people. I wanted to experience the people. I just wanted to, I was just so curious and I, I wanted to be off the beaten track and, you know, explore every little nook and cranny that I could. Yeah. And, um, and see what things look like outside of the world that I was, you know, raised in America, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, 
and I was raised in multiple states. So, but like, you know, I, I was ready to see really something that was, you know, going to blow my mind, but internally, um, definitely committed to kind of like seeing what I had in me, you know, seeing what I was capable of pushing myself outside my boundaries, trusting myself. Did you find that it was hard for you to trust yourself in the process because you had to continue? I mean, we always are making decisions, but these were like in your face decisions. I mean, I would pull up and get off a bus and some little rundown, not, I don't want to say rundown, just uh, definitely not rundown, but little town that wasn't much of a town. And the only taxis were unmarked taxis that men were driving that I just had to trust they were a real taxi mm. and I'd get in the car by myself. You know, mm. so like, I mean, I didn't have a choice. Like I was, there was nowhere else to go, mm. you know? And so I had to, I had to trust myself. Like I had to learn to follow my intuition and, and, and listen to like the subtle. And, and it's interesting. It was like, and I never had the, the feeling quite as strong sense. And I wish I, I wish I did, but, and I think a lot of it was because you know, my, I was learning Spanish. I mean, I wasn't really speaking English because there wasn't really many people to speak English with. I had a lot of Israeli friends. They were like the only ones that I could speak English with, which I really appreciated. But most of the time I was just speaking Spanish, which was very broken. And because I couldn't depend so much on listening and understanding, I really read body language in a way that I'd never have before or after. Like I sensed, my senses were on like hyper aware all the time. And I, and I had to make decisions based on what I got from those senses. That is insane. That is so good. Know whether or not to get into that taxi to know whether or not to like, I mean, one time I was walking through this area in, um, in Lima, Peru, and the guy at the hostel warned me it wasn't a good area, but for whatever reason, I had to go over there and get some stupid thing that I needed, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and, and I was walking down the street and I could feel, and this happened a few times, but I could feel like my hair stand up in the back of my neck. Um, you know, I could, I could feel like, uh, like something was off and I didn't want to be, you know, constantly looking behind me, but I was looking behind me without looking behind me. Like I was, I was really paying attention to what was going on around me, but walking as if I wasn't. And I was like, okay, something's off, something's off. And I'm like, if this bus stops, I'm getting on it. And the bus pulled right up next to me, stopped. And I just jumped on it and left didn't even know where I was going. <laughs> just, yeah. I just knew I was going with it. <laughs> um, you know, but just like instinctual things, like something's not right in this moment. Like, don't try to figure it out. Just change, just go, just change it. And, um, and, and that's I, the power of listening to that inner voice. And, you know, Angela, that we all have that potential. We all have that ability and that skill. And the more that we can polish it up and strengthen it, we can have that type of, you know, life that it's not necessarily planned, but you're, you're going as it comes to you, you're creating in the process of it. Yeah. And so what happened? From which point? From the bus? That was it. I just left. But when I was walking down the street, I was going from normally walking down the street to like a deep feeling in my gut that something is wrong. And mm-hmm. I felt like something was behind me that was wrong. Um, and I just bus pulled up. I was on it, gone. Wow. Didn't even ask where it was going. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, just listening to, to that intuition. Mm-hmm. And, and you said you experienced many of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? I mean, I, well, I think I was, like I said, my senses became so hyper aware. That's what I was making my decisions off of mm-hmm. more than 
and I like, like I said, I think part of it was because, you know, my, my Spanish wasn't fluent, so I could get myself by, you know, I have a lot of people to thank on random long bus rides for helping me learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I couldn't depend on that to have the depth and level of conversations, you know, um, I depended on it to get by, but not, you know, the depth that I needed so I, I really it, it taught me to use other senses um, and to really trust them mm, so good so good yeah yeah and so and then what was your experience in in Peru like what did you discover so, about yourself Peru is really adventurous I was in Peru twice so after I got out of my four days of sleeping I'm like okay I gotta get out of here I was in Mira Flores I gotta gotta do something because this is not working (laughs) um and so I found um I went to Ica I think it's called and I went sandboarding so it was like snowboarding on these giant sand dunes and that was really cool and I met these two guys there um, so many stories start with I met these two guys in some random place and then this huge well, that, that's the whole idea right it's just meeting oh, yeah. individuals and 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 yeah. trusting your own intuition to know if to connect further or let it be or really at that point. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really and especially because I was staying a lot of hostels I mean there I, I was very lucky there was a lot of environments where things could have gone very bad and mm-hmm. luckily they never you know it never did so I met these two guys and they were like well and I, I, I was looking at Machu Picchu which I always I wanted to do and but you had to plan it the Ica Trail like two weeks in advance I'm like two weeks I don't even know what country I'm gonna be in, in two weeks you know yeah. and they're like well we're going we're trying not to spend any money I was on a super shoestring budget you know I was 22 years old and um we're just gonna well they're like it's kind of legal but this guy told us about it so we're just gonna walk our our own path there and I'm like, well, I want to go. <laughs> so they're like, okay, meet us in Cusco. No fear. No phones, by the way. Like this whole trip, I had no cell phone. My family just <laughs> waited for me to randomly walk, you know, walk into a, a computer cafe and email them. I had like five or six people that I would email. Hi, there's no social media. There was no yeah. post thing on Facebook. Like, hey guys, I'm alive. I'm in this place. Look at my trip. It was not that. It was, it was like, hey, I'm in a cafe in this country and I'm safe and I love you and maybe I'd share some adventure uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> poor parents, poor parents, my poor, poor parents. parents, my mom was always very supportive. She was scared out of her mind, but she was very scared. My dad did not understand. My dad is from a small town. I mean, he's still there and he, I mean, I'm his only child, you know, I'm a daddy's girl. So he like, when I was like, dad, I want to travel. He's like, yeah, we all do. And <laughs> oh my God, dad, I'm like, you know, as I got closer to it, I'm like, I'm really going to travel. And, he, and, and then as those trips started coming together, he was like, he was like, and then the funny thing is, is like when I, when I left, um, I went to visit him in Massachusetts and then he was freaking out a little bit. I'm like, dad, it's not like I'm going to Columbia or anything. <laughs> I got, like, you know, the scary place. When I, got to Columbia, I called him like a week later and I'm like, He's like, where are you? I'm like, so I'm in Columbia. And then the phone just cut out. And then I'm like, I didn't call him for another week. So oh my God. Poor guy, poor guy. But you know, it toughened him up a little. So anyway, um, so I met these guys in Cusco and there was another German guy that was there. So there was four of us totals. And we I took the trip with them. Like we we didn't have our big packs. We locked them up and we took a a taxi as far as we could into the mountains and we got out and we just kind of had like a vague direction of where we were going. We were following the train tracks to the town, Aguas Caliente at the very bottom of Machu Picchu, it was 30 miles one way through like really rough mountain terrain, 
with like oh armed dogs, you know, chasing after us. And one of the guys was sick behind us the whole time. We we're kind of dragging him along. And it was, I mean, it was one of the hardest things that, that I, we'd ever, I'd ever done, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so 30 miles through the train, uh, we were going actually through it. We were, you know, sometimes above the tracks, below the tracks, on the tracks, and we were going through a train in a tunnel. And there was light coming in everywhere. So we couldn't really tell how far that, you know, we were and a train was coming. So we were like, okay, well, we have a choice. We could either run, <laughs> but we don't know how much longer there's left in the tunnel or we oh could, just, yeah. So um, we pushed our little packs like all the way in the corner and stood on them and like clung to the wall and the train came and it turned this way. So the first car was like, but it looked like every single car was going to hit us. I mean, it was, it was. That is so scary. So wild. It was, it was one of those moments of like, okay, this could have been it, but it's not. And because it's not, it's really <laughs> exciting. So, um, so we got to Aguas Caliente. We slept there. We got up at like three, four in the morning, walked straight up to Machu Picchu and we were up there and I was the only American and I was the only girl. So I had a lot to stand for uh, out of my crew, you know? Yeah. And I was like, there's another thing we're supposed to climb. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> How could there be? We're way up on top of the world right now. And sure enough, like the clouds clear and there's this wall going. He's like that. So I mean, we went up it. I mean, it was Machu Picchu, oh like this bar, you know, this big behind us, underneath us. It was amazing. So after that, we were like a, we were a pack. We went through Bolivia together, um, La Paz. I was really grateful to be traveling with three men that were looking out for me at that point. Mm. Um, we were all looking out for each other, but like I'm right. glad I wasn't alone in some mm-hmm. of those circumstances in that city so what what you know kind of take you taking back like so when you got to that to the top of infinity basically right what did you feel what did you um like what came through your mind what did you experience success like achievement um it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done and had to walk all the way back um (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah. When we were walking, you know, we were exhausted. We had to walk there and we walked back. We were exhausted. We weren't even talking anymore. We had walking sticks. We were walking along the tracks and like random dogs would come running out, um, running out after us. We'd hear them and we wouldn't even talk at that point. We would just take our walking sticks, hold them up, kind of get in a circle. And then someone in the middle would grab rocks and be throwing rocks as we moved like a unit with our sticks out. I mean, it was like, that's, that's, I mean, those are free. Those are huge details, Angela. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, how you handle in the teamwork. And I think, I mean, not to jump ahead because I don't want to, but I think that a lot also has a lot to do with the fact that you, what you do is around teams, what you and do you know, is around teams. And, and how much I love to work with the team. Like you and I worked on Fem City together and the board mm-hmm. together. Like the reason why I did that so long, I, mean, I was very passionate about Fem City, but the reason why I stayed president for so long was because I loved working with the board mm-hmm. because that was our team. You know what I mean? And in my own business for a long time, I was working for myself by myself. I mean, um, and now I have a team and it's the best part of it is like working with a team and we're working four teams and this is I mean this is this is long before all that started but yeah we were we just naturally became a team it was for survival really we just were getting each other through it you know yeah um yeah. but yeah we would just we wouldn't even talk we would just get our sticks we would get in position we would just and then they would eventually start. just kind of go away 
and you would move. Yeah, forward. they just the dogs were just trying to make sure we weren't. I mean, they would have attacked you us. They were crossing. Were, yeah, but they just wanted to make sure we weren't gonna, you know, be on their territory. And at one point, we were on their territory, and we we're going through a small path. And I was the last person. I had my walking stick, and I was the last person out of the four of us. And this big black dog charged me, and I turned around and put my stick up and yelled and charged it right back. Like I ran at like. It, head on to this dog and it stopped last second and ran away my heart was beating out of my chest like oh my god and I'm like oh, that works you know because <laughs> I don't know what I would have done like if I got to the dog and they were like we were charging each other I was just screaming and I had my stick at him and running after it running right towards him and, and I turn around and all three guys face they're all like <laughs> their eyes are open I'm like can we go <laughs> they're like what the heck <laughs> oh my god that is crazy oh geez. But you don't have time to think in those moments exactly you know exactly really and yet our best versions of ourselves comes out and that's what we have always within ourselves we just like to you know at those moments, there is no other influence except what you are, what you're fighting for, for your life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just, um, I mean, the whole, everything, your entire story surrounds around the pureness and the power that we have within ourselves without the influence and possibly lack of a better word, but the poisonous surroundings that we can allow ourselves to be covered by you know but you were living like the human experience um at at the highest potential um level energy that you can at those moments you know following your intuitions you know sensing it and and you know defending yourself from other creatures and you know like literally yeah yeah, and people absolutely yeah so good so then that led to, is there a different, another, did you, after that, where did you end up going? So we went to Bolivia. That's when we were together. And, and it was interesting at one point we were in La Paz, which I didn't really feel safe in nothing against La Paz, if anyone's from there. Um, <laughs> but I, I just like, I just didn't quite, that I was really happy to be with the guys that I was with and actually one of them saved my life just from something stupid like the roads in the city are like this I mean they're they're very very steep and it, it was dark and we were walking from dinner and there was a collectivo which is like a little bus and it was barreling down this hill and um and I don't know I was just not paying attention because I wasn't by myself I wasn't using all my senses I was talking to my buddies yeah. and I was, oh, I like was like looking over my shoulder and stepped off the curb and right when I did that, my friend bear hugged me and pulled me back. And the collectivo went right by my face. Like it would have, at that point, I would have hoped it would have killed me because wow, I was in the middle of Bolivia. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it would have, and it was fast and downhill barely, you know what I mean? And, and <laughs> he got really mad at me because I turned around and looked at him and laughed, <laughs> but it was just yeah. out of like shock. It wasn't because I thought it was funny. And then he, he got really mad. He's like, you think it's funny? <laughs> <laughs> saving my life um we definitely had each other's back I mean that was an instinctual thing for him to do and thank god he did so um where do we go from there I think after that we broke into two groups and I went with um the uh the guy from 
Germany. Like him and I were just naturally closer because the other two guys were traveling together and him and I were both solo travelers. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the Solar de Uni, which was really cool. And um, we met another American there, which uh, American girl there, which was great because I hadn't seen an American in a really long since I left. I met one American in in um, Colombia. We certified diving together. Mm. Like I hadn't seen yeah. really any of them. So I was excited that I mean, we, we toured the Solar de Uni. That was an amazing adventure, super beautiful. And then we went into uh, Chile and we were parting ways. And I was going to go find my buddy that I, um, I was about to get on a bus for like 18 hours and I couldn't get any money out of the machine. And I was just going to surprise him and show up on his doorstep. And I, but I couldn't get any money. And my German friend was like, here, let me just give you money for the bus go. And so I'm like, you know, what? I have this phone number. Let me call him. And I called and he was like, actually like an hour away up the street. So I would have gone all the oh way there. Oh my God. So I parted yeah. with my friend and then I went and he was actually staying with a family of Colombian, of Colombians. And I was just like, my people. <laughs> so he left and I stayed with this Colombian family for like a week and it was awesome. They had kids. I mean, they just took me in and it was just really, it was just grounding. You know, I told you every yeah. now and then I would crave like to be grounded in a place that was, that was one of those places, you know, I just needed wow. to like have a little so bit beautiful. of routine and just. And so I stayed with this family and they were so special, so special. And then, and then I was like, I've been cold. I mean, it was, it was whatever time of year it was, it was cold. It was desert. I was ready for warmth and I was ready for greenery and I was ready. So I was like, you know, I skipped Ecuador. (laughs) I think I want to go there now. (laughs) That's the thing when you have no plan. I kind of like spiraled around, you know? Um, And so um, I, I mean, I was far from Ecuador. And so I, I spent a lot of time on buses at that point. And, and at some point the buses became, when I say a lot of time, I mean, 20 hours, 20 hours, 22 hours. So, and they felt, they felt safe. They felt like nurturing. Like, I mean, they were comfortable coach buses, you know, I would get a window seat and just watch the whole world. Yeah. Pass by. Yeah. And so I, I, I took, um, several 20 hour buses up to Lima. So I'm back to Lima. Um, mm. And then I wanted to go to the Amazon. Mm. So um, I think that's what I was doing when I, when I was in that area, I wasn't supposed to be. And it was amazing. Like, like when I pulled up to this place, the guy, when I pulled up to the, I sit in this little hostel, the guy was like, okay. He like pulled out a pen. He's like, you can go all these places, but don't go here, cross it out. He's like, if you go, you come back without arms, you know? <laughs> well, all the things I needed for the trip I need wanted were in those places. And I'm like, well, I'll just be really careful. And then this Israeli guy at breakfast was like, today's my last day in South America. I'm coming with you. I'm like, this is what you want to do on your last day in South America? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to make sure you get back which was super cool. I I had a lot of experiences like that, especially with um, people from Israel. They, they really, really, really looked out for me in so many different ways. I made a lot of Israeli friends in South America. Yeah. Randomly just like that, you know? Um, Anyway, so we parted ways after that. And I got on a bus for like nine hours, woke up early in the morning and got in the back of a pickup truck for another nine hours, just holding on as we're going through like really rough mountainous terrain. And I went all the way out to the Amazon. Um, I mean, the people that were in the back of the truck it was a small pickup truck too I mean they were they were hmm. they were shocked that I never milked a cow before hmm. they were surprised that I had a bank account they thought it was so cool I mean just like I mean we were just we were so foreign to each other you know and they're like why are you here in the back of this pickup truck you know? <laughs> so yeah it's on into a little town a little village small little village they nowhere really to stay I mean it was 
it was pretty wild. I just wanted to go feel it. It was one of those corners of the world. Like, I'm like, I can't leave. I just want to, like, I can't leave and not go into the Amazon. So I spent some time there and then trucked it all the way back to to Lima and then all the way up to Ecuador. And um, yeah, it was. So, so your entire travel period was over two months? Almost six. Almost six months. Wow. That is that is a life experience completely. Six months. So after you decided to come back home, what was the the feeling of accomplishment? Like, what did you learn about yourself in six months? And how did your family see you different? You know, did they say anything in regards to who you've become now? Because there's no way of not changing. I can't really remember what, I mean, they were just really happy I came home, that I like, I was able to come home. One of the things that it taught me about myself was that anything was possible. Mm-hmm. Like I can do anything. It also it taught me, and one, the, and I think this wasn't you know one of the intentions. It's just the, the being comfortable being alone. Like every now and then I'll go out by myself to eat. You know I'll sit at a bar and eat dinner, and people are like, "Do you go out to eat by yourself?" I'm like, "This is my neighborhood." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'm Go with yourself, and that's so big. That is so huge because there's so many people that um, they don't know what it is to be in their own skin, like to just be in the silence, to be silent, to be not to feel like somebody is judging you because you're sitting around alone. Um, not to you know to just have that peace and priceless silence of comfortableness, yeah. being alone. And a lot of that taught me, taught me that in South America, because even though I wasn't always quiet, like I, I spoke broken Spanish. Mm -hmm. It's not like I was having deep conversations with people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I was, but not, not all, not like, right. Like I do now in my life, you know? Um, And so it was a lot internal and and Mm -hmm. just being comfortable being by yourself. And you know what, they may be judging me and I'm American girl walking around, you know, to Mm -hmm. like, People don't really think great things about Americans in other countries, mm-hmm. you know, right. or maybe they do. I don't know. It was all my my preconception of what they were thinking yeah. of me. And so you just have to kind of get over the fact that people may be judging you or not, but either way, you're making it up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It's only what the only thing that matters is what you decide and what you choose to believe. Yeah, yeah very true. And so I guess now just kind of coming to closing um, our conversation, what do you think, or what would be a last message that you would say to the audience out of your experience, you know, Um, and being able to apply it in, in people's lives now, like taking something that they can apply in their lives. And it's interesting because this is some of the messaging that and I'm actually just putting it together for the first time from this, but this is some of the messaging that is behind like why I started a corporate wellness company and, you know, eating better and moving your body and taking care of yourself is so important and valuing that. But what it comes down to is living more fully. And that's the biggest message that I have in through my corporate wellness company and, and what's driving that and the passion behind it. But a message taking from my experience on this trip is like, how can you push yourself out of your comfort zone to live more fully now yes. and it doesn't mean take off with your life for six from your life for six months I mean that's just that's just what was calling for me at that time but what in 
your life, like how could you be living more fully? How could you stretch your boundaries with yourself a little bit? How can you test yourself? How can you, you know, do something that's going to, that's going to make you really depend and trust yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much because, you know, it's interesting. I've heard um, this story and many other stories from you before, but for me, it, it, I had a sense of clarity listening to you, how and why you're so passionate about corporate coaching. And it makes total sense. It really does. And, you know, again, our experiences in life is always leading us to where we're meant to go. And that's, and if we can have faith in that, it, it releases so much tension and worry and doubt in our path. If we just, we could just have faith that every experience good or bad is always leading you to your purpose, to your path. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to kind of add on to that is like, we're always going to have doubt and fear, right? Like when I was leaving to go to South America, when I was in South America, like I had doubt and fear. I was like, what, (laughs) you know I mean? Like, building a company like there are doubts and fears every single day you know and it, it's 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 not a matter of like them going away but our relationship with those doubts and fears and our ability to lean into them and work through them anyway and, and trust trust the purpose so good so good this has been awesome i hope that the our listeners have enjoyed the roller coaster of your trip. I love it. I enjoy it. And it's probably because I love traveling. So, but how can our listeners um, find you? Well, if you're interested in um, corporate wellness at all, ignitecorporateculture.com. My schedule is on there. So even if you want to reach out personally and just connect personally, you can still go to ignitecorporateculture.com and go to the connect page. And there's my information on there. Um, And so even if you just want to If you're not connected to a corporate culture, you just want to reach out and connect, you can find me that way too. So good. Thank you so much, Angela, for being here. I so appreciate it. I've had fun listening and um, even learning more about you. Thank you so much, Karen. It's been such a blessing. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us for next week's inspirational guest. You can follow me, Karen Zavravera, in all your social media platforms or email me at leapandbelieve at gmail.com.